Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to A View from the Bullens in partnership with the Fitzrovia Bell London, our official away day pub for all Evertonians. And fanscapes.co.uk, made by fans for fans. I think obviously the question mark was going to be the first Merseyside derby where fans are sitting. There's obviously a lot of fans unrest um, on the social media and on the radio, you hear them. But that's not going to help anyone. Uh, it's not going to help the, you know, the players. And it's your club. You know, Everton is our club, and we want us to be successful. And if Rafa's going to be the man for that, you know, I'm up for it. Hello and welcome back to another episode from A View from the Bullins with me, Mick Kemp, Lee McLean, Ben Wynn Stanley and Michael Ball. Ballie, a lot's happened since you were last on the episode about two weeks ago and obviously the most noticeable is Rafael Benitez as the new Everton manager. What are your initial thoughts on that now things have started to settle down? Um, yeah, obviously still a bit shocked by it all when it first happened and as I said in my previous podcast, it wasn't my first choice, but look, he's here now. He's got the, the blue scarf over his head and he's, as he said in his first sort of press conference, really, that he's going to be professional and, and get us back to winning ways. And if he does that, I'll be made up. That's what we want. That's what we wanted from every previous manager since Mercedes come in. Um, and they've all seemed to fail for one reason or another. So, yeah, more time we've had to think about it. You look for more positives. Um, you, me, me red side, my mates are all a bit 
gutted about it also. And it's not for the first time when he obviously went to Chelsea. They weren't happy about that either. When Chelsea were, you know, against them in the top four and go for the Premier League. Um, the banners will have to change in the cop. So you, know, you look for, for little positives like that to get you ready for the season ahead. Um, but look, he was the best um, who was available, who wanted to come to us. You know, there might have been other managers out there that you'd like to like to see us go for, but realistically, would they have come to Everton? Rafa showed, you know, a lot of character of wanting to come to us, um, wanting us to hit the heights that we're all expected since Mercedes come. Um, so now we've just got to get fully behind him, the, the boys. Um, you know, every time we're at Goodison Park and away from home, and and get and get that, you know, that passion back. You know that I think what's been lacking. You know, Ancelotti came in, Mercedes pulled, as we thought, probably one of the biggest signings in our history, bringing him to the football club, and that never worked. It was really disappointing end of the season, and he couldn't really get consistency out of these bunch of players. But now Rafa's come in. Um, you hope he can do it. Um, but obviously, with players with Marcel Brands, I have lined up to come to the club alongside who Rafa wants to bring in. And hopefully, we can have a, a positive start. And hopefully, it all seems rosy. Um, and I think, obviously, the question mark is going to be the first Merseyside derby where fans are sitting. There's obviously a lot of fans unrest um, on the social media and on the radio. You hear them. But that's not going to help anyone. Um, it's not going to help the, you know, the players. And it's your club. You know, Everton is our club. And we want us to be successful. And if Rafa's going to be the man for that, you know, I'm up for it. You know, fingers crossed he does. You know, it's just the, uh, I'll just go back with the, the facts of our previous managers that we brought in um, and the way it's turned toxic quite quickly for them. And it just, I just had that fear when we were linked with Rafa that if it don't start off, you know, on fire or we do start having a, a couple of the bad performances and the derby's not, it doesn't go our way that I can see our fans turning quite toxic quite quickly but look none of the managers are medical workers at the end of the day the squad is what it is hopefully we can add to that um, and we all just want to see being as successful as possible you know we were started last season really brightly and everything was looking pretty rosy but then it was just a, a downward spiral from, from there so hopefully you know Rafa can quickly as possible look at the squad um, he'll know a lot about us he knows a lot about the fans so you know that's that's no issue it's just about how can he improve what's already there who's going to be staying there for next season and who can he bring into the football club to improve us to, to hit the heights that we've all been hoping for since Mishiri's come in um, I heard Mishiri's remarks the reasons why and I, I understood where he was coming from um, and you can't be sort of dictated to by the fans but I don't think the fans have really had a say, to be honest, on previous managers in the past. Um, he brought Ronald Koeman in. Uh, that was his man. He wanted him because he thought at his time at Arsenal, Arsenal were lining up Ronald Koeman to take over from Arsene Wenger. So you know, everybody, the majority of the fans were you know, behind that one. That didn't work. Um, and then when he brought Marco Silva, and I think majority of the fans were quite shocked that how strong we went for them, even willing to pay the compensation that we did for them, you know, and that never worked. Um, and I just felt that we, we don't seem to be on the same page from the owner, chairman, director of football, you know, with Steve Walsh and Marcel Brands, that we need, need to try and find out who we are as a club, who are we, you know, how are we going to play football, um, what style we're going to play. We've chopped and changed so many managers with different styles, you know, and we're seeing to bring in... Um, 
Sam Allardyce in as well. I don't think the fans were <laughs> behind that signing either. So it's not the first time he's gone against the grain. But he was the one, as I said earlier, who had all the credentials. He's done everything in the game. Um, he knows the Premier League. He knows how to play in Europe. And that's where we want to be. That's our aim, is to get in Europe and start challenging. Um, that's where we want to be. And he's got that experience uh, in abundance. So, yeah, he obviously ticks all those boxes. It was obviously that um, arch rivalry across the park of, you know, you know, can we sort of start singing his name on, on you know, in the Gladys Street? And maybe it'll take a while. Um, but if he starts being successful, I'm sure the Everton fans will be singing his name. Uh, fingers crossed sooner rather than later. We've had, obviously, ex-players in the past playing and vice versa going over. We even had Sammy Lee, um, you know, on the coaching team in the past. And we just need to sort of, we self-included, cross that off. He's here now. He's part of Everton Football Club. The lads were in today, pre-season. Um, training, all getting ready for the, the hard work ahead. And, and they'll be listening to every word Rafa says. And, you know, I've listened to ex- ex-players who played underneath him. And they say he's, you know, he's very professional. You know, he's not very close to the players. He's more of a, he is a coach. He likes working hard on the training field and getting his philosophy across. And, and I feel the squad of players we've got right now, that's what we need. You know, I think when Ancelotti came in, um, they're probably the, the best signs we had were probably the mixture between Marcel Benz, which, which is Godfrey and Decore, and, and obviously Alan and Hammers. Um, but we didn't have enough money to, to do what Ancelotti probably wanted, to bring in ready-made players all over the pitch It's and, and ask for instant success. We haven't got the funds to do that. We can't do that. Uh, it's, not a, it's, not a, it's not a quick fix, really, as we hoped. So as long as he can work alongside Marcel Brands, he, you know, he won't shy away from pushing the board for targets you know, we want to bring to the football club and he wants to take us to that next level. But also his experience of bringing players on and the amount of players he has done in his career brought them onto a higher level because they've all come out since he's moved to Everton. I've all said how he's been, they took their, their game to a, a whole new level is what we want to see. Um, we've got numerous players in that team, in that squad that we've seen highs from, but a lot of lows as well and, and lacking consistency. And and it doesn't help with chopping and changing managers, you know, different philosophies. That's not going to help players' development either, especially the young ones coming through, not really knowing what to do in certain areas of the football pitch and probably getting caught in be, between two in two minds at, at occasions. And I can, I can fully understand that. Um, but that's all wiped off now. That's gone. You've got a manager in now for the first day of pre-season. That was good. That was, we had to get that ready in. And the players are all now listening to his philosophy, be working alongside him and Big Duncan and getting to work, getting the fitness levels up. I think he'll, you look at probably the last previous season, our fitness levels haven't been as high as probably we, we could have been. And then obviously also these technical geniuses of which players can can adapt and listen to his tactics and actually go out and implement them. So yeah, you know, I've had time to sort of think about it, try and get as much positives out of it as possible. And we've just fully get, fully get behind them, everyone. And fingers crossed we start the season well and we have a, a great season and, and as he, if he's been brought to this football club to get us into Europe and win trophies, and if he does that, you know, you get a huge apology off me and a good high five. Mm. <laughs> Morley, before we move on, just a, another quick question. A lot of the fans were maybe a little bit upset that the fact that the board hadn't listened to many opinions of Evertonians, obviously with the protest outside the ground and uh, flags going up near Rafa's house. 
were you a little bit upset that the board didn't take notice of that and maybe then go down a different avenue? Or is it under your impression that we were already so far down the line with Rafa Benitez that the board couldn't change their mind? Um, I think we've probably already further down the line. But Rafa, you know, there's rumours he's had three or four interviews. You know, maybe fans were a little bit disappointed he was even having a first interview. Um, but he's obviously impressed. And the board, what, what you've got to give them credit for, they haven't panicked. I said it in the previous podcast that the time you don't want to manage it was probably the time we had one, where you can have time to go out there, seek who's available, who's willing to come to our football club, who's willing, you know, to take us to the next level. Um, and with Rafa, you know, yes, there were stumbling blocks, but he still had the passion to try and push to come Everton football managers. You've got to give him huge credit for that. Um, and I think the board, as I said before, I don't think that they listen to the fans. He, he, he come out and said about David Moyes that he was after David Moyes at one point and he listened to the fans. But look, there's previous managers in the past that I don't think the board have listened to. So it wasn't a shock, really, that you know the, you know, the board and the owner listens to you know, the banners, the, the daft banners are going out outside Goodison. That's not Evertonians. We don't, we don't do stuff like that. You know, and that was sort of sad to see. But no, they're just showing the frustration, but they showed it in the wrong way. Unfortunately, and it, uh, it sort of tarnishes our name as, as Evertonians, and you know, but the board itself, yeah, they they look at it at the business side of things as well as also as as football, and you know, as I said previously, I think Marco Silva wasn't on everyone's song to come into the football club, and and also Sam Allardyce. So it's not the first time, you know, they've appointed somebody which has got a few fans scratching their heads, but. I'm sure if he turns us into the team that we all, all we're all hoping and want, you know, all, all will be forgiven, and it could be a masterstroke. And it's even better that it's uh, you know a guy who's got previous, you know, with our arch rivals. If he gets us to be successful, you know, it's sort of it'll be be twice as twice as better, uh, better for us. And mm. moving away from Rafa's appointment, obviously since that. People have been questioning the relationship between Rafa and Marcel Brands and how they're going to work together and work in tandem. Obviously, with the Rafa announcement, there was no Marcel Brands there due to being in in quarantine. Are you expecting these two to work very, very well together? Um, I think so. Yeah, you have to read into the comments made by Benitez himself and Marcel Brands. Um, I think there was a bit of a, a Twitter storm surrounding why Marcel Brands hadn't actually given his opinion on the matter, but it was lately revealed that he was obviously coming back from Holland and he was quarantining. Now, you look at Benitez's stance on this, he goes on to talk about in the quote on Everton FC about him working in Spain for years as a director of football. Now, it's my understanding that he had a bit of friction when he was working in Spain with the role of director of football. He wanted to put a lot of his ideas across instead of letting the director of football take full control of transfers and other strategies around the club. So you look at it like that in previous experience, it, it might be a class of the Titans, shall we say. Um, he went on to say that Marcel Brands is a professional. I am a professional and we will work together. We will keep talking, having meetings about what to do for the future, about the players. So... Look, they both need to realise that they, they need to have the best for the football club and heart. Um, I, I, I think with the Ancelotti and the uh, Marcel Brands idea last year, you look at like you like Borley said then, your Godfrey's, your Decorways, they work brilliantly. Hammers was good, um, but obviously got injured quite a lot. Um, and Alan still jury out at the moment when he plays, he's brilliant, but he had a bit of a hit and miss season. So 
it was clear to see there was a bit of a, a fight over transfer targets last year because I, I don't think Alan and Hammers were Marcel Brand signings whatsoever. So it, it is going to be interesting. It'd be nice to put a bit of spin on things. Obviously, Benitez is going to have his way of tactically going into certain games, how he wants to play, formation, how he wants to manage. And he'll want transfer targets. And it's just, I hope we go out there and literally search the market for the, the players that are going to suit the system for Rafa. So they're going to have to get it right, Mick, to be honest. They're going to have to have a clear strategy going forward. Um, hopefully, Marcel Brands can take the bit of an easing of the pressure off Rafael Benitez and be that intermediate between him and the board, what funds are available, who he wants to sell, keep, get in. So it's a really interesting time going forward for Everton. And I'm going to be watching closely how these two work as a unit because it could go one or two ways. It could be a complete catastrophe and the clash heads. Rafa will want this, Marcel will want that, and it's going to be stalemate. But you just got to see that obviously Marcel Brand has been promoted to the board as well. Um, about two and a half years ago in 2019, he was actually promoted to the board. So you look at some of the reports to say that uh, Marcel Brands wasn't involved at all with the managerial recruitment is a load of nonsense in my view. He's obviously part of the board, has been for a while. We know that he's present for a majority of the interviews when Rafa interviewed up four or five times and Clearly, he came across well. Um, he got the idea of the club. He, he's obviously a local fella, lives in, obviously over on the Whittle, um, and he loves the area. He's done a lot for the city. So, yeah, it, it's going to be really interesting. It's just going to see, we'll, we'll soon see who we looked obviously linked with. Look at obviously Dumfries and other certain players. And it, you've got to have the, the form. Rafa's got to come in and see our players and get an idea this week of what strategies he's going to implement this year. And then he's got a feedback to Marcel Brands and say, we need a right back because of X, Y and Z. And these are my targets. Now, I'm going to coach this football team and I'm going to leave the transfers up to you. And it's obviously up to Marcel Brands then to go away, scour the whole global network of footballers and come back with names and say, we can have, we can have Dumfries, we can have him or him choose. And that, for me, is the best way of going about it. Don't get Rafa involved with the transfers as much. He can obviously have a say. But the ultimatum has got to be down to Marcel Brands, what deals he can get with other clubs and take that burden and the pressure away from Rafa, which obviously that has been Marcel Brands' um, job role for a number of years now. And he's just signed recently a three-year deal. So he is in the long-term plans of the club, but clearly another member of the board. So, yeah, it, I, I think they could work well together. Um, I like the way Rafa said, I'm a professional, Marcel's a professional. So it just shows that even if they do clash, they both need to be professional about it um, and come to a conclusion that's going to benefit the football club and us as fans. So, yeah, Blues, keep a watchful eye on this. I'm pretty sure we'll see with the transfer targets that are linked and who are going to be inbound or who's getting the say because Brands wants to have his young players who are coming in to generate potentially future revenue for the club. You look at Godfrey getting for £25 million, You go and say he's a £40, £50 million centre-half now. So he's a, a, a immediately an asset to Everton Football Club. And that's what I think Evertonians want to see. They want to see a bit more youth. People are going to fight for the shirts. Um, people are going to have a long-term stay at this club, not signing 29, 30-year-old players now on 120 grand a week. Because I know I'm a bit sick of it. You look at like the likes of Fabian Delph sit there laughing on 100 grand a week and we sign them just for a bit of a... I, I can't really understand, work out that signing whatsoever. But I don't want to see that anymore. I want to see young, hungry players going to fight for the shirts fight for the club, be on decent wages. But in the future, if they want to move on, we're not going to lose out on money and we could obviously generate revenue going forward to buy the next up-and-coming better players. And I feel like that's the model that Everton needs to go for and address. 
So it's definitely up for Rafael Benitez and Marcel Brands to work side by side going forward. So uh, keep a lookout, Blues. Mm. Lee, before we move on to the assessment of the squad, obviously Marcel Brands likes to have a very, very big say on the playing side of things at Everton Football Club. We know that Rafa Benitez wasn't Brands' first choice. Are you a little bit disappointed that the club kind of didn't follow Brands', Brands lead with the appointment on this one? I wouldn't say I'm disappointed, Mick. No, I think, again, to, to the points Ben and, and Bowley have correctly pointed out, of everyone who was out there and available uh, and not already in a job, Rafa Benitez was the standout candidate. So the boards have come to that conclusion. Um, I think to go with the opinion of just one man, you know, might have been a little bit negligent and, and a little bit silly. And we could have possibly risked losing out on appointing Rafa and, and that sounds crazy and I have done a little bit of a U-turn from a couple of weeks back because when, when this was first mentioned and touted as a possibility you know you, you've got all those raw emotions and, and you're thinking oh no you know this is just going to be problematic but you know things have calmed down a little bit there's been a couple of weeks now and actually when you sit back and look objectively at, at things and look at the, the facts and, the, and listen to the opinions of well-respected individuals from inside the game who know Benitez well, I've either worked with him or under him. He's, without question, the best candidate that we could have got. So Ben's correct. You know, Brands is a professional guy. You know, he doesn't strike me as someone who's going to toss his toys out of the pram just because we brought, brought in Rafa Benitez. And he's got a job to do. And, you know, judging from the comments made by Benitez in his first interview, you know, it, it, it sounds like they're willing to work alongside each other, remain professional. Uh, apparently, Brands has already been hard at work at identifying targets, and and he's already invited Benitez into to meetings to share with him, you know, the lists of targets that have been drawn up. And I'm sure together between them, they'll you know they'll they'll do the right things. And you know, it's good that you know we're taking our time and we're, we're being considerate about our approach because that that has to be the case now. Um, you know, going into a new stadium in three years, we are in no position to be throwing money away on. Like Ben said, 29, 30-year-old players coming towards the end of the career with no resale value. Um, and not just that, you know, not, not doing the business on the pitch either. We've got to be shrewd with our business. We've got to make sure that we're identifying talented but young players in the prime who, you know, hopefully can come in and do a job for us and do really well and, and bring us success. But then ultimately, if they do want to move on, because that happens in football, unfortunately, if they do want to move on in three, four years, whatever, then we're going to command a hefty fee for them, a little bit like our neighbours over the park do, who seem to get ridiculous transfer fees for, for people that they let go out of the club. We could learn a little, you know, a thing or two about that. So, um, so no, I think I'm quite confident that the two of them are going to be able to work, maybe not harmoniously, but professionally, because, you know, for the money that they paid, I think that's the minimum expectation. So not really concerned when it comes to the dynamic between Brands and Benitez, no. Bully, we're going to move over to the, the assessment of the squad now and we'll start off with the goalkeeping position. Obviously, Robin Olsen is, has returned back to Roma. He was on loan at us. Roma would like a fee if we are to take him on loan again. With the likes of Sergio Romero linked to us from Manchester United, how would you like Everton to approach this position? Yeah, it's, a, it's just... I'm not really that bothered, to be honest, I think, with uh, the way Jordan's been playing. Um, obviously, you need a backup. But priority-wise, you know, it wouldn't be on the top of the list for, for Marcel and, and Rafa to, to sort out. Um, 
I'll put trust in the youth, to be honest. We've had two two goalkeepers on the bench for the majority of last season. Um, but yeah, obviously we do need you know a decent keeper for backup. Um, but Jordan's going to be playing majority of the games. And it's uh, there's other positions for me that I want to see us you know, in the starting lineup. Yeah, we know it's a squad game and you want competition in every, you know, in every position. Um, and we've been crying out that for, for numerous years, and that's their job. Um, as, as the lads have said, Marcel Brands and the recruitment team at Everton is huge and the database they have is massive. So they'll have an eye on players they've been looking at for over 18 months or so and when to press the button to bring them into the football club. But yes, of course, we can't just bring them in because he's, he seems like a good a good player. He's got to be a good fit for the club. If you look, I, you look at Ben Godfrey, he seems to get the fans, he seems to get what we're all about and he's obviously got the ability to go with it. Um you know, and it's got to fit into Rafa's way of playing. You know, we've been so guilty in the past of bringing players to the club because either Marcel Brands wanted them or the owner wanted them or the manager wanted them and it didn't really fit. I think we've, you know, one season we had sort of three right wingers and the next year we had three number 10s and it was crying out to get balance in the team. And that's the most important thing is to get obviously quality in to the door um, to bring the levels up to where we were last season but also to bring competition to the players who are already here. Um, so, yeah, obviously we do need to bring possibly a goalkeeper in, but priority-wise, it wouldn't be something I'd be panicking about. I'll just put trust in the youth. And it's it's got to start looking at our youth. You know, yes, we've got money to spend, but that's going to be in key areas to, to take us up to the table. Um, and we need to start, fingers crossed, our youth will start coming through. The under-23s have, have done pretty well in the last two or three years. But not many have actually been given the opportunity to break in and get a, a run of games. Is that because of ability, or is it, is it, or is it because there's a, a key player you know, stopping their pathway? Um, some positions may be, um, but I think there's a couple of players that we've probably seen last season in, in parts do pretty well. And but for one reason or the Carlo never gave them gave those lads a, an opportunity, sent some lads out on loan. So look, the back of pre-season, Rafa's going to have a chance to see them face to face watch them very closely and then he'll be able to assess and then start prioritising where actually do we need to start filling in these positions and yeah you know Jordan's obviously been fantastic at this moment in time for England and you know, full credit to him and um, you know the media needs to get off his back a little bit you know because he's been like that for us for you know for quite a while and everyone just seems to jump on his negatives each and every time but um yeah, it's it's not one for me to be worried about mm-hmm. prioritising, you know, bringing in a goalkeeper. Look, Ramiro was at Manchester United and, you know, yeah, he's probably he's good at experience, but he'd be on a lot of money, you know, and for sitting on the bench, you know, I don't really get it. You know, having a lot of, you know, a goalkeeper on 50, £60,000 a week to basically do the warm-up, you know, it's not my sort of cup of tea, to be honest. I'd rather put... Uh, a bit of trust in, in the youth and the lads that was, you know, have had a, a, a little bit of a go. They've had a little bit of experience and um, and see see how they develop. You know, that's mm. what they're there for. That's where they get brought to the club. You know, the other twenty teams under eighteen have spent quite a bit of money bringing players. So let's start seeing, you know, them sort of develop into the first team. Um, and if they're not going to break into the first team, can we demand a fee that will help us sort of bring you know another key player to the squad? So it's. You know, we, we know we're going to be spending money and it's the fine balance of where's that money going to go to? Are we, are we going to overspend in one position so it might fail on the on the goalkeeper side? or you know? But that's obviously the, 
the conundrum for the recruitment and the manager to, to try and sort out. But you know, to me, it's just other key areas that I'd like to strengthen first and foremost than, than the reserve goalkeeper. Ben, what are your thoughts on the goalkeeping situation at the moment? Obviously, with Robin Olsen returning, it leaves us with uh, Jordan Pickford, Jal Virginia, Harry Tyra, and another young lad called Leban Zan Luke, who is in the under 18s. Would you like Everton to go out and get a, a proper backup or, or go with the youth like Borley suggests? Um, I think it's a, a, a key and vital position. Um, so I might go slightly against what Borley said because I'm just going to put it to this example. Um, obviously, when Jordan Pickford faced the media backlash over the Van Dyke tackle, when Ancelotti was the manager, he took it upon himself to bring him out to first-team football and put him on the bench. Um, and I think having a, a prolific international number two coming in and stepping up to the plate eased the pressure on Pickford and is obviously his sight is mental health, etc. Because he, he's, he's openly admitted that he struggled mentally and having that break from the side made him better. So I've watched a lot of under-23 football and you look at obviously Yale, Virginia, probably the fair choice at the moment. He's a good keeper, but he's got a lot of ability, but I just don't think he's Premier League ready as it stands. Obviously, he went to Reading uh, the year before last and Reading fans didn't rate him whatsoever. So then you are, if say if the same happens against a Pickford or he picked up a bit of an injury or a knock, and you look at the under-23s, Virginia, Virginia to come in and he's not quite ready and he concedes a few goals. It's For me, it's quite a, it's quite a big of a vital position. I feel like we need someone to step up. Um, you look at the two that you've mentioned, Mick, obviously Robin Olsen's return to Roma. He would quite happily come back, um, so I've been told. However, they're, they're asking for another three to four million pound loan fee again, Roma, for, to give him to 12 months. Obviously, he performed very well for Sweden in the World Cup this year, putting a good performances. And then you look at Sergio Romero, like you said, um, which he was on, obviously, 70 grand a week, as Bowley suggested before. He's getting a, getting on a bit, but he's probably regarded as probably the best number two in the Premier League, um, obviously, before Dean Henderson came back to United. So, he's, in, look, he's an Argentine international keeper. Um, and if he's available on a free transfer, he lives locally in Manchester, um, he doesn't have to move his family far away. He can stay where he is and travel into training because his family believe they're settled. So the board's in our court there. Obviously, United, he fell out of United board and the, the, obviously the whole the whole club went over Everton tried to sign him for a cup price of £4 million when we signed Olsen initially. And he thought it was done. Even his, his, so his missus called the United board out and said it was a disgrace what they've done after all the service he's done. Because let's get it right, he performed in UEFA yeah, Europa League won when they won the cup in the Capital One Cup as well when they won that so his save percentage is up there about 91% so for me he would be the one that I'd look to go for and Jordan Pickford's been superb look at his performances in the World Cup and obviously Lee Dixon other journalists won't give him the credit that he deserves but he's been superb and he's openly said since he's had his psychology uh, therapy sessions He's much more calm, he's relaxed and he just controls the box, which is clear to see for me especially. So for me, I feel like we need to get that reserve goalkeeper in. Um, I don't feel like the, the keepers we've got in the youth are quite ready yet to come in and challenge Pickford because look, Olsen came in, performed very, very well and it's clearly done its work because Pickford came back for me even better. So he's reaped the benefits of having someone pushing him and pushing him. Whereas the year before that, we didn't really have anyone to fight for Pickford's position and he got quite lethargic and settled and he wasn't pushing himself more to get better. And he was under no pressure. That, no, look, for me, nobody's position in that team should be safe because at that, that point, you, you, you don't want to make any mistakes because, look, you want to be playing football week in and week out for Everton Football Club. So for me, Mick, 
it's a massive position that we need to fill. And out them two that we're suggesting that we're looking at, I'd be all over Romero for a year or two years, no fee, probably get them on decent wages. Um, and we won't have to pay the £4 million loan fee that Rome were looking for for Robin Olsen. However, he does want to come back, even though the disgusting scenes we've seen at his house where he got, was obviously the victim of a confrontational burglary. But yeah, Romero for me, Mick, and I feel like it's a position that protect not not number one. We we all know that we need a right back and right wing, but for me, he's one of the top four priority positions that we need to get sorted this summer. Lee, moving on from goalkeeping, obviously Niles and Cuckoo has, has made it quite clear to the football club, him and his agent, that he'd like to go out on loan and get some valuable minutes elsewhere. So if Cuckoo was to go out on loan, it would leave us with Luca Dean obviously starting and then and then Thierry Small as as maybe a backup. Would is that something you'd be happy with? As, as you know, I've banged the drum for Nkunku all season. I thought he should have been given many more chances than he was actually afforded last season. I think he'd looked remarkably good at the start of the year. He, he had a poor half against Newcastle and then we didn't see him again. I thought that was really harsh. But there's two ways of looking at it. Um, you know, for him personally, you know, maybe alone will do him good. You know, he can go away, he can develop, he can play at a, hopefully a decent standard and then come back to us. Um, you know, more ready to play and to feature regularly because Luca Dean is obviously an outstanding left-back on, on the European stage and he's not going to be outed from that position. And and then Thierry Small is obviously, rightly or wrongly, we, had, we did a podcast specifically on this last, last year, I remember, he's demanded more of an involvement and more of an inclusion within the matchday squad. So that would, you'd think, allow that to happen as well if Nkunku was to move on and go out on loan. So it's probably for the best um, in terms of the bigger picture. Obviously, just for me personally, I, I just like like him as a player. I think he ticks all the boxes that we need. He's he's very quick. He's forward thinking. You know, he runs with the ball. He'll take a man on. You know, he's really really good at assists and you know um, getting beyond the last man and getting to the byline and stuff. And I just think he's one of the players that I really enjoy watching play football in the limited time that we've seen him. But alone may not do him. Um, you know, it's not going to do him any harm. Um, but again, it's a left back. It's not. It's not our number one priority. Same with the goalkeeper. You know, right, right back. We've got a you know massive fight in our hands if if the link to Dumfries is true, um, and if there's mileage in it. You know, he's certainly you know he's going to have attracted a list as long as your arm of potential clubs uh, that are going to be wanting it, you know his signature after his performances at the Euros. He was absolutely brilliant. He's one of the, the standout players of the tournament, if you go as far to say. So whether or not we've had initial discussions with him before the Euros, you just don't know. Um, but you know, if rumours are to believe, be believed, you know, Inter Milan are struggling um, to come up with the financial package needed to bring him there. So can Everton strike and you know bring in a player? That that would be a, a statement signing, you think, uh, and get everyone talking, and and, and we'll definitely address the glaring issue that we've got at right back because we, we can't go into the new season with Seamus Coleman as our only right back um, you know because you'd think John Joe Kenny's going to possibly be moved on because as much as we all love Seamus Coleman um, you know age happens and it comes to everyone and he's not the player that he was uh, and he's, well certainly not consistently anyway you might see it in flashes and glimpses but he's not he's not going to be able to do it over a 38 game plus season so let, let's hope that happens Um so I know I've just covered the full-back, so I don't know whether you want to go on and talk about the rest of the defence. Bully, 
Just talking about right back, what Leeds just touched on, Inter Milan have kind of stalled on Dumfries at the moment. They're not willing to to pay the money that is being requested and Everton are yet to put in a firm offer. <laughs> Looking at Dumfries, or would you like us to maybe rekindle our, our interest in Max Ahrens? What are your thoughts on this? I, I imagine it's a high priority for you, the right back position. Yeah, I think, as, as Lee said, but with, with Dumfries, unfortunately, um, PSV gambled. They, they, were, they had buyers and bids before the Euros. Um, and himself, PSV weren't happy with his performances. You know, they spent a lot of money bringing to the football club to develop and to sell on to the big clubs in Europe, but like Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, Barcelona. That was the pathway for him. He didn't hit the heights that PSV liked. Um, and PSV had bids for him before the Euros. So they were in a situation, do we accept now? And, um, you know, hopefully, you know, um, wash him off and then move on to somebody else? Or do we gamble that he goes to Euros, he gets game time and he produces the performances that they've seen two or three years previous? And he did that. You know, the the Dutch come back with a lot of stick. Um, The manager left. The fans weren't happy with the performance of the Euros. They all come back very embarrassed, but he was the standout player for them. He had a fantastic Euros, but because he's done so, you know, a lot of clubs have come to the table. PSV are happy now. You know, they can sit back and they they, uh, they can command whatever fee that they've put on his head and it's up to the buying clubs to come up and, and pay for that. So unfortunately, I don't think he's going to be one for us. Um, I think the money-wise, I think Marcel would, would go for him, but I think the player himself has got bigger sort of aspirations of trying to play for the Rams at Barcelona, Bayern Munich and um, maybe top teams in Italy, um, which makes us sort of got to look for other targets. And we spoke about Max Evans numerous times on the podcast and it's it's been a rumour between us between Everton and Norwich have been in discussion for over 18 months and just not willing to pay for that price for a guy who hasn't really proved himself consistently in the Premier League but every time you watch the kid play he looks like he's got the ability so to me a guy who knows more about English football he does have a small experience in the Premier League I would go for him um you know, Dumfries made us had a good tournament. So if he goes back to the way he played 12 months ago, we might be a bit disappointed. Um, but that look, every, every transfer <laughs> is a gamble. It's all in hindsight. They always seem to tick certain boxes. And then if sometimes the face don't fit when they come to the football club, and we've seen it happen to us, unfortunately, time and time again. And, you know, when it's worked, it's great. You know, you, the fans are all full of behind it, the players. You know, they grow even better. I, you know, Ben Godfrey, good players, come to the football club. He's rose to the occasion when he got his opportunity, and you know we've seen the, the type of player he is. Got him involved in the the England setup for the Euros, and you know just just missed out on that. But that's very, you know, he'll be playing for England and and um, very very soon, you know. And that's it's the balancing act. Look, every club is going to be after these young talents, um, and you've just got to be very very sort of cute in the transfer market who's scouting certain networks of the world that, you know, people probably don't spend much time there. Uh, and I think Everton do. I think Everton have, have realised, if they've looked at maybe of Arsenal and Chelsea, who are you know, going to South America a lot earlier. Um, without the Brexit, that could help us. Um, Brexit, before Brexit, was very difficult to get players out of the EU. Um, if they weren't played at the top level, um, it was difficult to get them. So that's where they always go to Holland, because it was easy to get the visa. 
But then when you buy them from Holland, there's a massive sort of premium on top of that. But now we've got an opportunity to go direct. But that means it's a gamble. The Man City done about hey juice straight from Brazil, straight to Manchester as a young kid. Um, it's a gamble for them, but it's obviously paid off for Manchester City. And you know we just need to try and find our own little targets. Um, and it won't just be Dumfries and Matt Adams on that list. There'll be you know a good six or eight players that you know they'll be looking at intensely and seeing who will fit the style obviously of Rafa hopefully um, and who can sort of improve who's developing um, and who can be a sort of prospect for the future but also who can be an asset for the future so it's a huge balancing act and the recruitment is as fans we feel it's you know it's, it's pretty easy you just watch a game and this guy's you know he's flying let's go and get him but nowadays they have you know a huge database of the whole history of the player you know wh- where he's struggling where he needs to improve on you know all the stats from previous clubs beforehand so the decisions get made on the back of all that data on top of obviously the football and I um, and between the two yeah, yeah, yeah we'll take any of them um, but it's going to be a huge sort of summer for us of where we're going to start prioritising first um, right back's going to be up there um, we want I, I'd like to see who, who comes to the football club to be starting and that means the level's risen. That's what we did last summer. And we got in Alan, he's starting. Hamez starting. You know, and that's Decor, he's starting straight away. And that just puts the competition in training much higher. And it gets the best out of the other lads in the round. Tom Davis improved, you know, when he got his opportunity, they've got to be patient because they've seen with their own eyes the level that it needs to be to, to wear that blue shirt and get out there. And that's what I want to see again this summer that we bring in players that come in and walk straight in that side. Now that means they've brought in better quality and it's got to get the rest of the players around them. I've got to up their game if they want to be a part of it all. And moving away from the right-back position, centre-half has been another another position that we've been linked with. And this time it was Ben White at Brighton. We've been heavily linked with him. If we were to sign Ben White, you would imagine, imagine. another centre-half would probably be out the door. What are your thoughts on that? Um, well, you look straight away. Obviously, to Mason Holgate, he's had a disappointing season for me. Um, I thought the back end of last year performed really well, um, but last year he was probably one of his worst years for Everton going forward. He um, a few errors and just looked a bit arrogant and thought he was a bit better than what he was. And he's probably dropped down from probably one of the first centre halves on the team sheet to I'd go as far as saying fourth best centre half the club now. So. He could potentially be one leaving the club. I think there are plenty of shooters around. Um, I believe, obviously, West Brom are looking at him again. Because, um, look, he is versatile. He, he does play centre-half. He does play right-back. And he did do a job, obviously, when he played like that right-back, um, that role for Everton. But just wasn't the attacking threat that we needed going forward. And clubs could see how we were going to play and just stack up to stop Lucas Dean overlapping. So, he's not a natural right-back, is he? But he, he is versatile. So, I can think he'd potentially be out the door. You look at, obviously, the big one, which I've said on numerous other podcasts, obviously, Yerry Mina. So, Yerry Mina, for me, is probably our best centre-half when fit. And when is the big word there? Because he does pick up a lot of niggles. Um, the Colombians will not play whatsoever if they've got any sort of knock. Um, they like to be 110% before they play. Whereas some of like the footballers over here just get an injection and crack on and say, I'm not missing this game. Whereas they want to be 100% fit. Now, Yerry Mina's got obviously 130 grand a week. Um, he's got two years left on his deal. He's still at an age for me, Mick, where he, he probably is a saleable asset. So 
if you go for and it is look, it's a discussion for blues. So I for one probably wouldn't be offering he'll want an improved contract, let's be honest. At that age he is, he'll want an improved contract going forward. And for me, I can't see him being worth 130, 140 grand a week. I just can't. Even though when he does play, he probably is our best centre off, so I might be contradicting myself, but he's not worth that money going forward. That's that's my opinion on it. Um and people might um, have different views listening to the podcast. So them two potentially out the door. Now, I've watched Ben White a lot this season. You can see why, obviously, Leeds were so desperate to get him back last year because he's been brilliant. Really good centre-half who likes the ball at his feet and he's slot straight in um, alongside Ben Godfrey and there's your centre-half for the next 10 years to come. Clearly, Arsenal interested uh, and I think even Man City is sniffing rounds who just love to sign a centre-back no matter what. So I just can't see them coming in all guns blazing, but it does seem that it is between Everton and Arsenal, where probably Arsenal are still in pole position. And it would be a really good acquisition. We talked about sale assets, obviously with Yerry Mina and previously, and Ben White would be one. He's English for a start, obviously meeting the, the roster of having the English players in the squad. So he'd be a welcomed addition, but I still don't think centre-half is where we need to strengthen straight away. I still feel like what the lads talked about before with right back, the right winger, and we probably desperately need a centre a central midfielder as well, because we haven't got anyone that can get the, the game by the scruff of the neck and take us forward on from defence to attack in a matter of seconds. So look, if we got Ben White, I'd be over the moon. But I'd obviously look to see if you Mason Holgate leaving and even your Yerry Mina leaving. He's got two years left on his deal on his deal, and it probably is somewhere where Everton needs to decide what they're doing with him. Michael Keane clearly signed a long-term deal, clearly spreading his amortisation cost across the length of his four or five-year deal he got. So he's got plans for the football club. So you look at them two players, we can go, they're probably ones looking to go, but we are going to bring a centre-half in. I know there's been, obviously, links with Ben White and DeMarle from Juventus. Um, we're keeping a close eye on him at Turkish International. So, yeah, it, it could be a position that we do strengthen in the summer. Um but we need to make a decision also on the players we've currently got at the club. And Marcel Brands and Benitez have got a big, big task coming ahead this summer. Lee, moving away from the defence, we'll go to in, into the midfield. Now, obviously, a lot of Everton fans would like, to, like us to improve our right-hand side. Maybe another attacking midfield, a bit more flair. What would you like to see us do in the midfield, ins and outs, please? Well, it's where you start with the midfield. Um it's it's a really, really weak area of the pitch for Evan, in my opinion. Um the players we've got in there currently are not suddenly gonna change into whale beaters just because it's a new season and we've got a new manager. I think when I look at the, the group and that in, in the midfield, I think the word that springs to mind to me is stale. You know, these are players that have failed for a number of years now. I, I want to see a, a complete overhaul, a refresh in that area of the pitch. I think we need an injection of pace, whoever we bring in, forward-thinking players, players with desire and commitment who aren't going to hide from the ball. And I'd go as far to say that was probably it's probably the worst midfield in the league outside the clubs that went down for me. It, it's it's awful to watch. So, in terms of outgoings, Delft would be at the top of my list. Um, you know, he's stealing a living from this football club. Don't like his attitude. Um, I think he's arrogant. I think it's misplaced arrogance as well because I don't think he's the the most talented footballer I've ever seen in my life. I think he's he thinks he's better than he is, um, and he's commanding over a hundred grand a week from from this club and delivering very very little. So see you later, mate. Hopefully he gets binned off. Um, Bernard, a little bit different again, another massive earner um, and someone who probably doesn't give us bang for for our buck. 
um, but shows little glimpses of quality and ability um, in glimpses. But again, it's too fleeting. Um, he's probably not got the physicality and the attributes needed to to really do well in the in the Premier League. So I think if we can get a fee for him and get his wages off the book and free that free that money up to give to other players coming in, then I think that that's a no brainer as well. Iwobi, don't think it's going to happen. I think you know Borley's made observations about him in in the past. You know he just doesn't beat a man. You know you think of a winger and you think of beating men and getting to the byline and getting crosses in. He seems to have just had a complete, you know, he's devoid of confidence. Um, it, sometimes it just doesn't happen for players at certain clubs and I can't see it happening for a Wobie at Everton. And for the money we paid for him, if we can recoup even half of that and again, get his, get his wages off the books and reinvest it in someone just better at the end of the day, then I'm all for that as well. Um and I'm going to leave my most controversial one to last. And I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me for this. I'm probably going to get pelters, but I also know a lot of people share the same opinion, but are perhaps scared to say it for one reason or another. But Tom Davis isn't good enough. Um, I think he's got the right attitude. He's obviously a lovely fella. I've got nothing against him personally, but if we want to be a top six club, we ain't going to get there, unfortunately, with the likes of Tom Davis playing regularly. So... I'm not saying I'm desperate for him to leave, but I'd be really disappointed if he's a regular starter or even a regular coming off the bench next season because I want to see us progress. And we've got the financial backing to, to have better than him in the squad. So for me, I think he's someone who needs to be phased out. He's had nearly five years now and he's produced very, very little. And I, and I don't see this massive improvement that people go on about. I'm sorry, I just, I just don't see it. Um, so coming in, Players we've been linked with, I think Basuma is an absolutely brilliant player. If we can, if he's available for the right price, I think he ticks all our boxes. Um, I think he's an absolutely brilliant player. And then the obvious one that springs to mind now with with Rafa coming in would be Sam Saint Maximum from from Newcastle uh, on the right. Quick, forward thinking, really, really exciting. Um, you know, again, if you think of all the things that we've been crying out for over the past year all over a year like, uh, I think he, he fits the bill quite nicely and he'd get I think he'd be an exciting player to come in but overall make I think midfield is clearly the area of the pitch that needs the most attention the most surgery you know and it's going to be a task and a half because it like like Bawley said earlier on it's it's all well and good saying oh well I don't think he's very good let's just get rid of him it's not as easy as that uh, these players are on big wages you know they're, they're certainly not going to be Rushing for the exit door, you know, if if they're only going to be getting offered half the money or two thirds of the money elsewhere, you know, you can and who can blame them really? That's the club's fault for putting us in that position. So it's going to be tough, um, but I just want to get to the 14th of August and feel a little bit more confident going into games that we're not going to be completely overrun in midfield. So a lot of work to do in that in that area for me. Ben, do you share the same opinion as Lee there, or would you maybe add? Andre Gomez into that list or Gilfie Sigurdsson into the list, into the midfield? Um, for me, Andre Gomez is sad to say when he joined the club on loan, I thought he was brilliant. But again, you look at his stats and he offered one goal and one assist in that year where we all thought he was brilliant. And since his injury, he's gone backwards um, for me. And look, it was a horrific injury. And he, he does sometimes a nice pass with the ball. But look, he, he's a beginner of a passenger. He, he looks slow. 
Um, he looks like he can't keep up with play. And we just need that midfielder, like I touched on before, like in your proper number eight. Now, you look at, obviously, Mateus Nunes, who we've been linked with from Sport and Lisbon. But it's, it's believed that, obviously, Raf has put a hold on that deal at the moment. He's just come into the club and he might potentially have other plans. So that might be a deal that potentially stalls going forward. Um, and then, obviously, with the other names mentioned, Sigurdsson, um, obviously links to, obviously, um, uh, Abu Dhabi, Qatar, Dubai leagues, who for quite a hefty fee, but it's understood, obviously, Sigurdsson wants to potentially stay. Where obviously he did have a good year, Sigurdsson last year. So to give him his credits, I know he did get a lot of stick from Everton fans, but he did. He probably he was well, he was our second most creative player within the football club. So his goals and assists combined were, were really, really high up the list. Which without his goals and assists, we'd probably be sitting right down in the bottom half of the table. But look, if the right money comes in, he's another obviously quite a big earner at the club, and I'd, I'd look to go. Um, I'd have to probably disagree with Lee in regards to Tom Davis. Look, he's a touchy subject and people have different opinions of this kid. Um, he's come through the ranks. And is he a starter for Everton? No, and I'd agree with that. He probably isn't good enough to start, but I do think there is a place for him in the squad. I feel like he can come off the bench, see out games, sit in front of the back four and just protect the midfield and get a bit of... Because um, look, he puts tackles in, he gets stuck in and he plays the balls really well and nicely. Probably not where we'd want to be starting for Everton, but there is a place for him in that squad and there'll be obviously like Lee touched on before with Fabian Delph. He needs to get out the door. Gomez, Sigurdsson. And then you'd have, we need to bring probably then one or two midfielders in um, going forward because you obviously Decore, Allen, Hammers is futures up in the air. Um, so look, it, it's a, we do need to sign a player who's going to get hold of that ball and drive us forward. Um, but it's finding that type of player out there because it is going to be difficult. Someone like like Basuma, like Lee mentioned then, a number eight who's agile, quick, goes up and down, gets hold of the ball, makes things happen. So it, it, it's another key area for me because obviously Alan and Decore work very well together. Alan's playing more of, of a bit of a, a six at the moment, but when he played further forward for me last year, he played better. Clearly the game that stands out for me was lead to home when he was head and shoulders above every single player on that pitch and he was driving forward, beating men, beating tackles, dribbling past players. So he has got it in his locker and then you got the likes of Gabarman coming back in, which again suffered two quite unfortunate injuries and been out of action from top tier football for two years. And look, I'm, I'm his biggest, biggest fighter. I'm desperate for him to come back and do really well. It's going to be very, very difficult. and The kid has to work extremely hard because get back up to match fitness is going to be really difficult. You've seen what happened to Yannick Balassi after a really horrific injury. He lost all his pace, he lost his agility, his mobility, and he just went backwards and didn't work for Everton. So, look, I hope Gabam's come back fitter and stronger. Um, and he could potentially be that number six going forward and move Alan further forward. So it just needs to work out long term. Um, but I'm hoping that Rafa comes in with a plan in place and the targets of Marshall plans to go out and sort out. So that's my stance on it, Mick. Okay, guys, moving on to the forward position. Lee, I'll come to you first. Moise Keane, obviously, he, he would like to sign at PSG permanently, and I think we can all probably fully understand why. Where would you like to see Everton go here? I mean, do we try and command the big fee for Moise Keane? Do we loan him out and then try and get an obligation to buy and then go elsewhere ourselves and look for another striker? What would you like to see us do here? Ooh, I'd like to see the club you know, be strong in the negotiations. Um, there's no sense whatsoever in allowing him to go again on loan. 
to PSG, when, especially when you see they're throwing money at transfers left, right and centre. You know, why should we allow them to take you know, an asset like Moise Keane? And we haven't got many of them uh, for, for, for free for another year. It's a risk because he did really well over there last year. You know, you'd argue to say his, his value will have probably gone up because of his performances in France, but that might not be the, the case again. You know, you might have a really difficult season and struggle to make an impact. Um, and then all of a sudden, you're struggling to sell him if he doesn't have a future at, at our club. Um, he doesn't seem to want to have that much interest in, in coming back to Everton. Um, and again, that's not the type of player that we really want in and around the squad. We want players who are chomping at the bit to wear the Everton shirt and produce the goods for us. And it's a shame with him because I think there is a there is a player in there, and there was time certainly last season where I think we could have done we could have done with him, um, where Calvert Lewin could have done with a little bit of a rest or taken out of the limelight a little bit, um, you know, because he was brilliant overall. But there were little spells where perhaps he struggled, and we could have done with a another striker to come in. So it is an area that I think we need to address. Uh, again, I think it'd be naive to go into the season with just Dominic Calvert Lewin up front. Um, as good as he is and, and, you know, as much as he's improved, we need competition up there to keep him on his toes. Obviously, in the event of any injury or suspension, we need someone to be able to come in, someone who's a lot better than Cenk Tosin, um, or without having to adapt and put players who aren't necessarily strikers up front, like Richarlison or Hammers. Um, so one, that strings, one that sticks out to me, and it's an obvious one, is Danny Ings. Um, he's not the most glamorous of players, but he's, he's just turned down a four-year contract at Southampton. He knows where the, where the net is. I think if you provide chances to Danny Ings, he'll stick them away. He's very, very reliable. Um, always seems to score against us, so it's stop him, stop him doing that as well. And I think, I don't think he'd command a massive fee either. Um, so it's whether or not he sees Everton as a, it sounds, sounds really bad, as a, as a step up. Um, because he's saying he wants to test himself at the highest level. We're not in Europe. And this comes back to the point we were making a couple of times towards the end of last season where we were worrying if we didn't get into Europe, is that going to you know, have an impact on our transfer uh, plans and options available to us? Because some players may demand that as a, as a prerequisite for joining a club. But, so, so you just don't know. Uh, that, I suppose that would be up to him. But it, it, I'd take him. Every day of the week, I think um, he's he's improved massively since his time at, at Liverpool. Um, he looks a really good player every time you watch him for Southampton, and I just think he's clinical. And there's there's a couple of time, you know, you think of the Premier League. A lot of these games are really really tight. It comes down to one or two key chances, and and he's one of the players you'd think, you know, you'd want it to drop to him, and you'd back him to stick it in the back of the net. So I think that he, he's one that I'd certainly consider. There's not that many other strikers that I can think off the top of my head. Perhaps ben, Ben's you know, got, got a little bit more knowledge than me on the whole wider game. Uh, I think he pays a bit closer, closer attention than me. So perhaps he can um, reel a few names off. I'm not too sure. But for me, Danny Ings would be the one I'd go for. There you go, Ben Lee, setting you up there. Strikers, wingers. No pressure, like, Ben. <laughs> oh, God, I'm flapping now. <laughs> um yeah, look, let's go strikers out first. Obviously, Tosson um, hasn't worked out. Big Sam, gravy train, didn't work. So he needs to be out the door, but he's obviously carrying an ACL um, issue at the moment. So I don't expect him to go anywhere. He's not going to pass a medical and teams are going to take the gamble with him with his knee as it stands. Um, Moise Keane, I can't 
I can't believe Everton will do something so stupid by le- just letting them loan out again. The only way round we could loan them out again if we, if we did provide, provide a big loan hefty fee, for example, 10 million with an obligation to buy. So they have to buy him at the end of next year for, say, £35 million. Then that for me would be an all right deal. If we don't put any obligation in, then we're just getting laughed at because his contract then goes two years left on his deal. His, his net worth, his value goes down. We then probably lose out on money and probably will struggle to get the money we paid for him. So it just makes no sense. And Marcel Brands, look, if he does a deal like that, it's for me, it's shocking. And he needs to start earning earning his coin now because this is a, a target and potentially our funds for the summer. Um, but yeah, you look at Carl, Calvert-Lewin, been brilliant, been great. Obviously, that's why obviously the likes of Chelsea have been sniffing, inquiring to see what fees that we could potentially be looking for. Um so it, it is an area that we definitely need to address with Charleston, another one, but playing off fronts, obviously playing on the wing. So people other clubs have inquired about with Charleston, but we're probably desperate to keep hold of him. Obviously, he's versatile, he's brilliant. So let's go on to people that we could potentially get. I do agree with Lee. I think Danny Ings could be a very good signing. Um, I also like the look of Ivan Tony. Um, I feel like he's had a really good season at Brentford. They've just come up, he knows where the back of the net is. Can play on the right as well. He's quick, powerful, good at finishing. But again, what will Brentford command for their star man? Probably up towards the 25, 30 million pounds. And it's do we have that kind of money as it stands? I'm not too sure. The one that stands out for me, um, who could be a bit controversial, shall I say, is obviously Matthias Pereira from West Bromwich Albion. They've just gone down as it stands. Um, he play, he's a left-footed right winger. He's quick. Um, combined 18 goals and assists last year. So for me, he's a player I'd probably look to go for. Um, I believe he's got a clause where a club can sign him for around £15 million. I thought he looked dangerous every time I watched him. He was direct, he was quick, he was tricky. And that's exactly what we've been missing. If we can get that right-hand side sorted with players who are going to be attacking quick, intelligence, and actually go at a man, then it's just going to get Goodison off their feet going forward and it would just be great to have a bit of attack and flair, which we haven't seen at Goodison Park for a while. Let's not beat around the bush here because last year was not great at all. And if Benitez has any sort of record like Carlo the Dinosaur had last year at home, then Goodison's going to turn extremely quick. So we just want to see plays. We're going to be direct, causing a threat and get Goodison. When the Gladys Street stands up and a player goes down the wing, it gives you goosebumps. You can hear the old chairs creaking and the whole Goodison gets excited. And that's what I want to see more of, because we haven't seen it for a while. So someone like that, for me, he's available for a very cheap option. He could come in, do a job, Premier League experience. He did really well at West Brom last year. So he's a player that I'd potentially look to bring in. Um, but I do feel like we need a backup striker. Clearly, Josh King didn't work. Um, so, yeah, that's my views on it all. Um, I hope I didn't disappoint you, Lee, but, yeah, that's how I'd stand. <laughs> You never Certainly, you, no, you no, don't. Really, you're absolutely right. It's going to be a busy month, guys. That's for certain. Obviously, we're hoping there's going to be a lot of movement over the next coming weeks and ins and outs. Lee, I believe you had a few things to say uh, about a, a chap who's recently passed away, unfortunately. Yeah, thanks, Mick. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to pay my respects to uh, to Ron Newsham, um, a very close friend and neighbour of mine for over thirty years, and I know I know a couple of his family and friends listen to us. Um, it was massive Evertonian. He was on our books. You know, he went. He was a blue for over seventy-five years. Um, you know, proper die in the wool Evertonian who, who sadly passed away yesterday, Mick. So, 
uh, yeah, well known amongst our support. And I just want to send me thoughts and condolences to, to all of Ron's family. Sad day today. Mm, absolutely. That goes for, for me, Ben, Borley, Ratcliffe, and Lee, all of us and then our thoughts. Guys, we will be back very, very soon. We'll be back at the end of the week with more information and more news of all the latest to come out of Goodison Park and Finch Farm. Breaking news is also that full capacity is allowed back in stadiums as of the middle of July, which is great news. And I'm sure we can all look forward to a full capacity at Goodison Park in the very near future. In the meantime, stay safe, take care, and we'll see you very soon. Thank you.